Welcome back. This is Real When Shared, and we are on part four of Thailand Tales. Let's see if I can wrap up everything in part four. I'm not sure if I can. We'll see where things go as I start telling some stories. Okay, so we are now in Chiang Mai. If you don't know where that is, that is in the northern part of Thailand. So I just realized something interesting, actually. There is a huge contrast between the first half of my trip and the second, because in the first half, when I was in the beaches and stuff, I was surrounded by friends and laughter and fun. And I was in in every hostel I had, I'd made friends and I was never really alone. And then in the north northern part of my trip, I realized it was a lot of moments. It was just me by myself, moments of solitude. And I was mainly on my own. It's so interesting. Like I can't even recall a solid friend I made when I was in the north. So weird. I wonder why that is. <laughs> I also seem to run into a lot of struggles. Like not just with making friends, just in general. Okay, let's get into it. <laughs> so I did some exploring, yada yada. That was fun. Oh, actually, during my little um, solo exploration when I first arrived there, I was just like checking out some temples and things. And I remember this moment where I was like just taking a break because it was so hot, obviously. <laughs> it's always hot everywhere. And I was sitting on the steps just outside this temple taking a sip of water and this guy, this cute guy was approaching and I was like, holy fuck, my anxiety like skyrocketed. Um, but I was like, just stay cool. Just, you know, say hello, blah, 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 and chat. And I did. And then we got talking about where we're from. And he said he's from Vancouver. I told him where I was from and we got each other's numbers. And oh my God, he is so cute. Wherever you are in the world right now, I forget your name. <gasps> Remember me. Because <laughs> I remember thinking like, I told him that I wanted to move out west and be in Vancouver as well. Not in Vancouver, but near that area. And then I ended up moving to Vancouver. Well, near that, near Vancouver, Squamish, but whatever. Like later on that year, and I wanted to connect with him and reconnect. But I lost his number. And I swear he was going to be like the next love of my life. <laughs> I was so drawn to him. But anyway, that happened. That wasn't that interesting. But the first major place I went to on my things to do, I guess, was a place called Doi Inthanon National Park. I, I don't know. How, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. So my journey in the north kicks off with like a bam because, and I mean with like struggling wise because, <laughs> God, freaking taxis, man. <laughs> This is the only way I could figure out how to get there because I hadn't met anyone yet. Uh, and I think I was trying to meet someone who was also going there, but I couldn't find anyone. So I took a taxi by myself, unfortunately, which is so much money. And I don't even really know if they're ripping me off or not. And we drive up this windy road and he wants to like keep going even further. And I wanted to stop earlier because I'm like, yo, <laughs> I'm going to try to save on some money. I'm, I'm going to walk the rest of the way. You don't need to drive me all the way to the entrance. And yeah, that was a little bit of a bickering moment, but whatever. And I wanted him to leave because I wanted to try to like hitch a ride back. But he said he was sticking around. I was like, no, 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 leave. Um, I don't think he ever did. I'll get to that. 
Anyway, so I go into this place and it has, I forget what they're called. I believe it's like Padoga, Padogas? I don't know. It's these really cool shaped temple buildings. I really don't know how to describe it to you without like showing you a picture. It was so beautiful though. The gardens are beautiful. Inside the temples were amazing. And I saw some monks like praying in this one temple. It was just like so beautiful. And I took that moment when I saw that to do a bit of yoga and meditation and just embrace being alone and embrace the solitude and just listen to the sounds of nature around me. And also it was, let me tell you, scorching hot. Um, and I had no, there was like no shade anywhere unless you went into the temples. But I spent a lot of the time walking around and in the sun. Not a good idea. <laughs> I'm not going to re-record that because I don't have time. But let's just count the amount of times I say beautiful. I need to sit here with a freaking thesaurus so I don't say beautiful anymore in this episode. I ran out of the amount of times I can use that word, okay? <laughs> All right, let's resume. <laughs> okay, so scorching hot, not much water. I think I ran out. <laughs> Always running out of water. <laughs> and I'm in the sun a lot for several, several hours. I didn't know it at the time, but obviously this was affecting me. And then it was time for me to go and I was trying to meet people and find a way back and I couldn't find anyone to bring me a ride back. I was chatting with some people and they were going to see if they had room in their car and I was like, hey, I can just like, you know, squat down and <laughs> no one will see me. No one will know that you have an extra person in the car. I was trying to like do anything in my power to just not take another taxi back. But that wasn't working. So I, I left the park and I saw my taxi and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not taking the same one back. And so I just like pretended to not see him. And I just bolted down the road, the long windy road for a little bit hoping to like run into somebody else and ask for a ride back and just like be like I don't have any way back please and just like play the sympathy card <laughs> but unfortunately my taxi driver saw me and drove up and was like hey uh we waited for you 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 need to take a ride with us back and then the people that I saw they were like oh looks like you do have your ride your ride is here I was like no ah <laughs> oh, I was so close to finding someone and then my taxi driver spotted me and then they went off and I had to go in the taxi. And then this is this also contributed to I end up I ended up getting like heat stroke. I believe it was heat stroke. I'm gonna actually look it up and find out what I had. But this also contributed to it because the taxi that you're in, like it's this big metal box and you're in the back of it. It's like a metal box that you're in, and you're sitting on this bench and it's there's no airflow. And it's so stuffy. It's like you're baking in an oven. And the drive was so lengthy. It was a long drive in the sun and baking in this like oven of a taxi. I'm going to get back to that experience in that baked oven. But um, I forgot about this, actually. I wanted to also go to Doyenthanon and do this little hike that I saw. And I paid a certain amount to enter, to go into the entrance of the hike. And then I reach um, another point where you meet your guide and then he's supposed to take you around. And I was trying to communicate with them, like, because <laughs> I was doing a lot of charades, I felt like on this trip. And I was trying to express that I wanted to go on my own 
gosh, I'm so freaking rebellious. I have to like always do things my way. And especially like when I'm traveling and I'm by myself, I just, I just need to be alone. I just want to be alone and reflect and write my journal. And I was trying to like tell them that I showed them my journal. I was like, by by myself alone write in journal I'm a writer <laughs> trying to tell them that, like I'm a writer I just want to, I need to be alone I can't have someone watching over me um and I tried to I remember I opened up I think I don't know I didn't think I had data but I guess I did have a little bit and I went on to I was desperate so I used it and I went on to like Google Translate and I kept translating and trying to explain to them like I'm not going to cause any harm or like ruin your land or call or you know wreck havoc I'm just gonna I'm literally I just want to be by myself and write and reflect and they wouldn't let me do it and I cried and said and I walked away because it wasn't going to be worth it for me to just go on a guided walk in nature that's not what I was here for <laughs> I want to reflect and be my be by myself and yeah what what is the point of hiking and doing this by myself if I'm actually not fully by myself, you know, uh, it just didn't sit right with me. I wasn't going to pay for that. And it, it really upset me actually, <laughs> but I was like, fine. They're like, they were not budging. And so I just cried. And then that's when I went to the temples and did my thing. Okay. Back to the baked oven. <laughs> this may sound dramatic, but I swear I'm not, I'm not exaggerating here. There was a point where I just accepted the fate that I might just actually die in this taxi. <laughs> I was laying down on this bench. I can barely breathe. I have no water. And I have this raging migraine that came on. And I felt like I was going to pass out and faint. And cars that were driving by, I would look at them like with such desperate eyes like help me get me out of this just someone take me out of this and bring me back to my hostel I can't be in here any longer otherwise I'm gonna die honestly I did not think I was gonna survive that taxi ride it was so brutal oh gosh if you want to torture someone put them in the back of a metal box taxi in Thailand swear to god I don't know but yeah so when I got back to my hostel whew um, I was suffering. I immediately knew something was wrong and I needed to rest and take care of myself because I had symptoms that were, so I'm looking at it now and I remember Googling when I was at my hostel and I really can't decipher what I had. I think I was, I had heat exhaustion for sure, 100%. And I think it was bordering heat stroke, but I wasn't there fully yet. Cause I think if I had heat stroke, I would have called 911 or whatever they have there, you know, I would have went to a hospital, but I also don't like to be, um, I don't like to draw too much attention to myself if it's not needed. Like I'm a hypochondriac. So sometimes I can't really tell if I need to go that route, you know? So don't actually like to, like, I just like, for example, I am pretty sure I broke my finger a few months ago and I was like, no, nah, nah, I'm not going to go see a doctor. I still haven't seen a doctor and I still can't move my finger because I just don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I feel like I don't want to be that person that's like being overly dramatic, you know, but maybe I should actually take some of these symptoms more seriously. But anyway, so back to Thailand, I have a cold water bottle on top of my head 
and I blew up my um my my neck pillow and I was just like laying down just drinking a lot of water and trying to cool myself down and it was really bad and my migraine was so intense and I was so dizzy it was awful I think I puked I like I can't even remember but I couldn't eat it was awful oh so awful and the another awful thing was before I got heat stroke or heat exhaustion or whatever I had I had already booked um I saw a pamphlet for um a sanctuary for elephants and I had already booked that for the next morning so I was like oh gosh please let this go away because I have to see elephants in the morning but of course with my luck it didn't go away I actually have a migraine right now so this is perfect because I can I can just use this and picture how I felt. So when you have a like really bad migraine and you're feeling like shit and you're really dizzy, socializing is the last thing I want to do. <laughs> uh, so, but actually this kind of worked out because I'm in another taxi, hooray. Um, but the taxi I was in, because since it was like a, a booked trip with other people, like it was a thing that I booked through this company I wasn't alone in this taxi thank god so you know it wasn't just me putting out tons of money by myself but in that taxi I was the odd one out there was how many people were there there was like one two three I think there was about four couples and then me yeah I was a seventh wheel (laughs) <laughs> so that was great um it made me it just made me feel more alone than I already was I was like oh lovely this is just full of couples and then there's me and then you know people are trying to talk to me and I'm just I have this migraine and I really don't want to be social oh gosh so we get there and like I'm trying to be excited about seeing elephants because oh my gosh I've never seen like the only time I've ever seen an elephant was when I was a kid and I embarrassingly because I didn't know I was young I supported zoos and paid for zoos, but the only time I have seen an elephant was when I was a kid at zoos. So this is my first time I got to actually like see an elephant in a realist, like I think it's a realistic habitat. Like I made sure that I wasn't going to a place that was cruel to elephants. Like I made sure they didn't have shackles on them or things around their neck or anything like that, or people weren't riding them. I looked into what you do there and at this sanctuary apparently it's just all you do is you you can feed them the bamboo and the grass and you bathe them with like you go in the water with them and you um, you give them a mud bath and you play around with them in that way and that's it and that's all you do and you can take photos um, with the elephants and then that's it and you don't ride them or anything so it seemed I hope that I supported a place that was actually taking care of elephants So I was trying to be excited for it. I really was because, yay, elephants. Like, oh, such amazing. I was going to say that B word again. Uh, Wonderful creatures, animals. And it was hard to be excited, though, when I'm in so much pain and I'm suffering. So anyway, we are there. And one of the first things we do is we have to change into these rags. Not sure why we had to, but it was cool because you got to keep it in the end. I still have mine somewhere, I think. And we are feeding the elephants bamboo, and I'm recording it all on my GoPro, which is really cool. I don't know where that footage is. That was fun, um, but I was I was in a lot of pain. It was so hard for me to even smile. I couldn't even interact with other people around me. Like, I really wanted to be social and have fun, but I was in so much pain. 
But I, like, put on a smile for a photo and did as much as I could with the feeding of the elephants. Then we went back, regrouped, um, and then we had to get ready and change and get ready to go do um, the mud bath. Can I just say, though, before I get into this mud bath part, (laughs) the first time I interacted with this elephant, because it's the first time I've ever interacted with an elephant, literally it like brought me to tears of happiness though as well like as I'm like suffering I'm also like super grateful and blessed and I couldn't believe this miraculous creature was was right in front of me oh my gosh it was such such an incredible moment that I wish I could have fully fully embraced and enjoyed but I couldn't because of the pain that I was in I I like if I didn't have what was going on with me, whatever I was dealing with, heat stroke, whatever. I was also kind of on the fence about like going in this mud bath because I was kind of feeling self-conscious. I don't know why, but I couldn't even go in anyway because I was like, well, I can't anyway. Like I was like, do I do it? Do I not? Like I was laying on a bunch of pillows and I was trying to muster up the courage to get up and just go, just go do it. But I remember like going into one of the porta potties and like I was puking and like shitting. <laughs> like so much was coming out of my body, both ends. I was feeling so freaking sick. I'm feeling sick now thinking about it. And I remember coming out of the porta potty and I was still contemplating. Like I changed just in case I could I could muster up the energy to go do it. But I just like I went to one of the guides and I was crying. Always <laughs> crying. And I was like, can I please, please, like, I just begged to have my money back because I couldn't fully do everything that everyone else was doing. I couldn't go out and do the mud bath thing. And I was telling him, I was like, I just puked so much in the bathroom there. I just puked. I'm so sick. I have a really bad headache. I can't, like, I'm in so much pain. I can't go in the mud bath. And I was so upset and crying. I was crying. I couldn't, couldn't get my money back. Couldn't even fully enjoy it. Couldn't go do that and I just remember like laying down on a bunch of pillows with tears rolling down my eyes and I watched in the distance everyone just laughing and having fun and spraying each other and and splashing the elephants and the elephants splashing them and it was just like I was watching like from the distance like I felt so bad for myself and so sad and everyone there was with a significant other and I was still like not over my last real partner and I was just like wishing he was there with me and it was awful I was so sad I can picture myself just laying on a bundle of pillows everyone in love and having fun and I'm just crying and suffering that that was great so that happened and I just like I went back and and I had to just accept what was what happened and that I didn't get to fully experience that. It sucked, but the trip must go on. (laughs) Also, don't know if you caught that. I caught that as I was saying it. Tears were not rolling down my eyeballs. See, the migraine is already affecting my ability to speak to you. Ability, ability. Tears were rolling down my cheeks, down my face, not my eyeballs. My eyeballs were producing the tears. (laughs) So before I even landed in Thailand, I kind of had it in mind to go and get a bamboo tattoo done, like the traditional way of doing it in Thailand. 
And so I can't remember when in between all this heat stroke stuff happened, I was Googling where to go and I picked my place. Um, and I went there and oh my God, first of all, (laughs) not only did I pick like a painful method of doing it, I picked the most painful place to get it done and a quite large tattoo. I picked the side of my ribs and this large, like, sack yant, I think, type design. It, it would have looked like a giant temple on my ribs. <laughs> so before getting this tattoo, I had only ever gotten one other tattoo in my life before, and that was on my inner forearm. And I remember thinking, if I could survive that, surely I can be courageous enough to do a um, a rib tattoo. I didn't think it was going to be as bad as it was. I remember laying, I was on the side, on my side and within the first like few minutes I was dying. Um, okay. That was an exaggeration. I always say I'm dying (laughs) in the taxi. I was dying here. I was just, I, I could not do it. I was, it was so unbearable. The pain was excruciating. I was just trying to breathe. The guys, but also, they kept telling me to breathe, but at the same time, they were telling me to, like, stay still. But, like, right now, as I'm breathing, if you take a deep breath, your ribs move. Like, that area of my body moves. So I was so conflicted. I was like, what? If I if I take deep breaths and breathe like you're telling me, then I'm going to move. But then you're telling me not to move. What am I supposed to do? It was, like, so hard. I was trying to breathe through my belly instead. It was just... It was so hard to not move, but also breathe. But I was crying. (laughs) So embarrassing. I couldn't even control the tears. It just came out of nowhere. I was in so much pain. My body was just like, it was kind of jolting. Like it was, my body was like jolting involuntarily. It was reacting that way. And I was, the tears came without my knowledge. Like they just came out of nowhere. I was my body was reacting so strangely. (laughs) I was like, what are you doing? And so they stopped because they realized what was happening. Like my body was convulsing and I was crying and they're like, um, they told me to go to the bathroom and like drink some water and come back and try again. I tried again. And I like asked how much of the tattoo they had done because seriously, every second felt like five minutes. So I thought maybe they were halfway through and they showed me how much they did. And I was like, oh no. So they recommended that I go find some numbing cream and then come back the next day because I couldn't get through it. <laughs> and like how much they did is so embarrassing. I couldn't even last very long at all. Oh my gosh. This tattoo would have also taken like, I think they said six hours. And I think I paid like 6,000 ba. Uh, I paid them up front as well. So I had to get that tattoo done. So the next day I had to go look for numbing cream. And yay, I get to play charades again because I have to walk around to every store and ask for numbing cream. Try right now to do charades for the word or the words numbing cream, right? That's, that's, that's what I had to walk around doing. I'm like pricking myself and then like doing motions like no, like shrugging my shoulders like I feel nothing from pricking like and then rubbing for cream. Like, it's so hard to walk around and ask for numbing cream. Like, it's so specific. And I couldn't find it. And so I was like, well, that fucking sucks. Because 
I'm not going to, I can't do this tattoo. I already tried to go back and do it again. Like when I, when I took that break and had my water, I went back, tried to do it again. My body was not, it was just jolting so much. It was, it was not going to work without numbing cream is what they told me. <laughs> so I paid 6,000 ba for like a few lines on my ribs. Yup. That's what I have in my body right now. I still have not figured out what to do with that. Um, yeah, so that was disappointing, um, and I believe I was still recovering from the heat exhaustion, so wow, what a time in Chiang Mai. <laughs> Let's go up to Pai. Pai, actually, I have never even heard of it until I was in Thailand and someone recommended it to me. They said, if you want a quiet, quaint place to go to, go further up north to Pai, and they really recommended it, and... <laughs> Pai, though, was nothing like the peaceful place I had envisioned at all. And Chiang Mai was hell for me. So I was really looking forward to going to Pai, slowing things down, wrapping things up on my trip and feeling better about myself and being surrounded by, you know, peaceful, loving vibes. Kind of like how I felt when I was on Kalanta, except this time I would be alone and by myself and just reflecting on the whole trip, and that's what I thought it was going to be like. But oh my god, what awaited me, I did not expect. <laughs> so before going to the next hostel, I always Google and find out where I'm going to go next at the previous hostel, and I found this one, and it looked really amazing and beautiful. It seemed far out from the town center, which is what I wanted, because I wanted some peace, and reflection time and had this beautiful infinity pool that looked out into fields that went on forever and it just looked perfect. It was called circus something, I don't know. So maybe I should have paid more attention to what it was called because it was a circus of a time. I'm trying to remember how the check-in process happened because I think I got there and so they had these like private little huts and I was going to stay in one because I thought that was super cool. And I didn't, and I can't remember why. And I switched from having my own private little hut down the hill to a dorm bunk room or bunk cabin. And I don't know why I switched. I should have stuck with my initial gut feeling. But I think I was like too far down the hill. I didn't want to be so, so far away from everything going on in the hostel. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't just stay in it because this next place that I moved into, like in the same hostel, just a different bedding area, it was a nightmare. So all the bunks, first of all, were made of bamboo and they were very unsturdy and rattly. Um, which was, I was like, okay, cool. I like the rustic vibes going on. Like the whole thing was made out of bamboo and poorly constructed. The roof had like, it was as if you were like stuck on a deserted island and you built up a shack by yourself and you kind of knew the basics of building. <laughs> and I chose a top bunk and every bunk had netting on it, colorful netting, which I soon realized had a purpose because there were so many mosquitoes and so many bugs flying around and I don't know what else just think just to keep things out I didn't expect <laughs> it would also serve another purpose to keep something else out that crawled around me in the middle of the night 
and I informed someone else and she's like, yep, I'm switching cabins ASAP. And when I spotted this, I was like, meh, no big deal. I've, I've slept with this before when I've been hiking in Alpine huts out West. Um, so it didn't bother, bother me too much. I wasn't going to go through the hassle of moving again, but it bothered these girls that I, I had to let them know because this was before it, went, it got too dark. Like I'm setting up my bed and stuff. It's like approaching evening time and I see two mice scurry up someone's bunk bed. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm sleeping with my net like tightly tight under my mattress all night. So nothing gets in, but I let them know when those girls moved ASAP, they got out of there. So yeah, I slept with like bugs crawling on my net and mice running around my head. I just, I, w- I felt comfort in knowing that they couldn't, I don't think, get through the netting and get to me. And I've also slept in an alpine hut with a, mi- a mouse running around my head before. So I don't know. They don't freak me out, but it freaks some people out. So that was that. I also got my period the day I arrived. And this made me so sad because I, w- I really wanted to go in the infinity pool and I didn't even get to swim in the infinity pool. And I just sat around the edges and this was like weird vibes going on it. Like I still wanted to socialize, even though I wanted like a peaceful alone time, but no one would talk to me. It was so odd. It was like, it was like people had their own little cliquey groups going on and there were already friendships formed. And then I found out through someone else that this hostel has people that have been staying for like months. So like people have already formed friendships And that's why no one was talking to me because I already had their own friends that don't need to talk to me. And someone said something rude as well to me. And I was like, oh my God, this place is like high school. What's going on? This is not what I signed up for. But yeah, that sucked. So I couldn't go swimming. I wasn't making any friends. It was, it sucked. And then also when I wanted to shower because I'm bleeding, um, the it was like the showers were lined up in this hallway that was sunk down into the ground so you had to step down a little bit and it was flooded it it was disgusting because there was also an overflowing toilet and someone had shat so i'm like walking through this watery flooded hallway to get to my shower in this shit piss thing and then shower and then my blood is going down and contributing to this just mess. I felt like I came out dirtier <laughs> and not cleaner after showering. It was disgusting. So like after all these things were happening, I was like, yeah, I'm leaving this hostel. No, no one's talking to me. It's such bad vibes. Where I'm sleeping is gross. Where I have to shower, gross. Um, and it feels like high school. I don't, I don't want to be part of it. <laughs> So upon my last night approaching, I did actually meet a, a group of people and I told them, I expressed how I felt and they were like, well, come out with us. And in my head, I was like, oh God, I don't want to fucking go out partying, but I've been complaining about no one talking to me, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> and we pre-drank and we sat around and watched like this fire show happening which was really fun and this guy got really close to me and I actually like fell off and flew back off my chair which is pretty funny but then anyway we go to we go into town and they all have like bottles of hard liquor and I don't really have anything on me I'm so sick of Chang at this point by the way that's all I was drinking the whole trip 
was Chang beer. I was just so sick of it at this point. But also I knew I could not take swigs of hard liquor at this age anymore because I couldn't. But I remember sitting down in this like dark corridor and we were pre-drinking for this party and they were passing around. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, I think it might've been rum, just like straight up rum. And I was like, oh fuck, that's what I drank (laughs) all the time when I was like 21. And oh, it was disgusting. I was taking swigs, but I remember when we got to the bar and I had ordered some drinks I had to run to the bathroom and I puked my guts out and someone was like, are you okay? And I was like, in my head, I was like, I can't, I can't let this ruin my night. No, 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 no. So I went from puking, I puked, I puked a bunch up and I just like got up and walked straight back to the bar, ordered another drink and kept going, but it was not fun. I regretted it. It was a shit time. And then I switched hostels and that was okay. It was chill. And nothing really happened there. I did do some exploring on my own around the town. And it was a gorgeous place. I just had such a bad experience at that circus place that it just completely ruined pie for me. But the place itself is gorgeous. And it is pretty quaint. You just have to choose the right place to stay, I guess. But yeah, and then I flew to Bangkok. Two nights there. And and yeah back home I went. So there you have it. I summed up the northern part in this part four and I realized the southern part took longer to tell about because I was there longer I think. It wasn't half and half. I spent more of my my time in the beaches and then I went up north. But anyway that was my time in Thailand, the highlights that I remember. Well, not highlights, but you know, the stories that stood out to me the most. The stories, not just of happy, fun times, but also the stories of struggle. And yeah, it was so interesting, the contrast between um, having such a, a great time surrounded by community and then having such a horrible time by myself. It was so odd. But yeah, I still highly like I don't I don't regret anything. Um, I, I guess I did say I regretted that one night where I puked, but um, I don't regret anything. The entire thing happened. I like to say it happens for a reason and it taught me things and I learned so much about myself. I met amazing people and it was the time of my life. Honestly, I, I want to go back. I need to go back. I have an unfinished tattoo. <laughs> OK, so that is it. That was my Thailand tales. I hope you enjoyed listening to them as much as I enjoyed telling them to you. Stay tuned for next week for a new story or a new chat about something else. It's not going to be Thailand. Keep it real. Keep it wild.